This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. Murray, quarterback, run to the left. He's at the 20, to the 15, to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Well, it is great to actually finally have a game to discuss here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. And actually, the gentleman that was in Cincinnati and part of the play-by-play along with Paul Calvisi, Drew, you had a first-hand accounts myself Kyle Vandenbosch Rob Fredrickson back in studio just we'll get through it the entire hour here but your initial takeaways on the first impression of the 2022 Arizona Cardinals with the caveat that not a lot of starters were yep there there is that caveat but I, I think it's also the culture of what exists right now at training camp right you see probably the cleanest preseason game I've ever been a part of uh, just to see the operation what they were doing uh, both these young quarterbacks uh, being in control and in command I thought it was tremendous some of these young guys stepped up we're starting to answer some of these questions that we've all been talking about ad nauseum for for so so long and so to see that's great uh, I think uh, you know Andy Isabella is another guy that that ha- you know, made a splash, which is great because you want to see him get an opportunity at least I do because he hasn't had one uh, Greg Dorch you see the way he plays the game. A lot of the guys' passion and energy uh, really shined bright last night or the other night within that game. And defensively, getting after the quarterback. That the quarterback, I don't care who it is that uh, was in there, they were uncomfortable, which is a great sign of things to come. A number of players flash, but the biggest takeaway that you had is what I had as well, and just how smooth the operation went for a preseason game. You got 90 plus players. You got extra staff personnel on the sidelines. Two penalties and only one pre-snap penalty. It was a delay game late in the fourth quarter. No substitution issues. I think that, more than anything, aside from the individuals who flashed, that is something that you can take into this week and into the regular season. For sure. And I think part of it, too, right, it's easier knowing that a handful of guys were down. Uh, which is really nice. But at the same time, I remember being a part of so many operations where they would sit there and special teams coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, they would have meetings solely dedicated to, okay, this is when you're playing, this is when you need to be ready to go and get in there. And it was, again, such a smooth operation. Uh, Having Cliff been here for as long as he's been here, knowing what he wants, the way that he wants it, I thought it was a tremendous step in the right direction and exactly what you want from a first preseason game. A lot of guys got more opportunity to go out there and really show what they were capable of and most of them seized that. 36-23, the final Cardinals over the Bengals. Cardinals this week will host the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. That game will kick off at 5 o'clock, 1.30 pregame here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We'll talk more about what happened Friday in Cincinnati, but the news that we do need to get off the top here is what we saw on Monday. 
The week began with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown practicing for the first time together here in training camp. They did get a little pregame work on Friday, but the first time we saw, as Paul Calvisi likes to say, number one to number two, the first pass completion in practice, not a game, but something that the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, discussed on Monday. Looked good. Kyler looked sharp. Hollywood looked fast, so that's what we're looking for, and we just got to keep building that rapport. But we're down some of those tight ends, so did some 10 personnel and lined up all four of those wideouts together and looked like we could have some fun with that. That was something Kingsbury brought up on his own to see and then let us know that, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, and A.J. Green on the field together for the first time since maybe sometime in the offseason. And now with the number one defense or the second string defense, that now all of a sudden you could just kind of sense and the look on Cliff's face that, okay, it's one thing to have it written down on a piece of paper. It's another thing to see it on the field. Yeah, well, I think that's the beauty of training camp. You've got to play the hand you're dealt. And within that, you have some tight ends down. They needed uh, you know manageable reps and all of those things. So why not uptick that, especially guys that didn't play in the preseason game? See what's out there, trial, error, uh, all these things. You get it on tape. You can coach off of that. But then also it's great for Vance Joseph. How does he adjust? Does he go to dime? Does he stay in nickel? All of these things, because, again, where can you gain a competitive advantage? And this is just one of these things in the beauty of having this offensive skill set that you have across the board, whether you go multiple tight ends, whether you go four wide receivers, you know, and you move some of these running backs out there that have the capability you get them out of the backfield. I mean, it's so multiple that that's really where you need to stay ahead of the curve. And Cliff has this opportunity just because guys need a little extra time to recover. A number of weapons for quarterback Kyler Murray, including the tight end position. And by the way, coming up a little bit later on here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, we will speak with tight ends coach Steve Hyden on the depth and talent that he has in that room. But going back to Friday and the talent that we did see in action, obviously no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Hollywood Brown. But in that wide receiver room, and we touched on it briefly, Greg Dortch, you're looking for someone to step up. He and Andy Isabella each with four catches apiece. And Dortch seemingly makes plays every single day in practice. Now, what do we always say? All right, it's one thing to do it in a controlled environment. Now do it when the game is happening and the lights are on. Well, I think they go hand in hand, right? There's no surprise because we've seen them do it before in practice. And I think the... What I am most excited about is you see a guy that's of smaller stature, but he plays big. He plays to a higher level, uh, uh, almost like an Antonio Brown type of playing style where he goes hard, he does all the little things, and he makes contested catches. That's what this league is about is making contested catches. And unfortunately, somebody like Andre Bocelli who gets hurt, it's unfortunate because you want to see him. He has a nice cut. Uh, touchdown pass in the end zone all of these things but unfortunately when he's not out there somebody else is going to be making plays that's just the nature of this business if you're not making plays because you can't be out there somebody else is Greg Dortch sees that opportunity he did a tremendous job of going to get the ball Uh, again all of these young skill set guys how are they going to fill out the bottom end of this roster whether it's through special teams whether it's through contribution because again we have the luxury of seeing these guys right now the vast majority of them are not going to play on offense or defense they're going to make this team based off of what they can do initially on special teams but when the opportunity comes you want to make sure there's not a significant drop off Dorch four catches 53 yards here's the head coach Cliff Kingsbury we watched it every day in practice even all last year when he was on the scout team he's got a tremendous ability to make plays Um, I've said it throughout camp his biggest deal was just 
getting our offense down pat where he knows that inside and out is comfortable and can play fast within our system and consistently do that. You pointed it out. Yeah, he is going to make his mark talking about Greg Dortch on special teams, and he did that against the Bengals, averaged almost 18 yards a punt return, including that long at 55 that gave the Cardinals short field, and they were able to capitalize with the touchdown. But, yeah, make your mark on special teams, meaning you're active in uniform, and then if needed, oh, wait, we need someone on offense, we need someone on defense, but do you know what to do on offense and defense if you're called upon? Exactly, but that's also the beauty of getting back to a normal offseason, getting a full offseason to digest it, showing up and all of these things when everything gets shoved down your throat. It's really hard, and especially at that position. I mean, we even saw the trickle-down effect with Rondell Moore, we think, because of what was going on within the offense, or A.J. Green was saying how much more comfortable he is in year two. I mean, wide receivers is a unique position because depending on where you are, where they move you around, the adjustments on the fly, this offense wants to play with tempo. There's lots of signals going on. You've got to be able to identify coverage and then react to that and play fast. And that's one of his strong suits, right, is making those contested catches, being able to do all those things. But if you're thinking and you're a step slower and you're a small guy, you're going to be behind the eight ball. And it sounds like he's taken that step forward mentally. And I know talking with Sean Jefferson, he raved about him, about the camp he's having, about the the possibility he has of helping this team. And, and guys like Antoine Wesley or other people that aren't on the team right now because of their availability, they're getting this exposure. And they're not getting exposed, as BA used to say. They're getting exposure. And he's making the most of it. And that's why you have camp like this, to be able to find guys like this that can fill out that. Because at some point in time, a wide receiver could hurt a hamstring. He could do something to an ankle, anything like that. I mean, the first couple of games, we're going to be out the Andre Hopkins. Who can fill that void? If they can have round him out with that fourth wide receiver, as we talked about earlier in the show, it allows you to stay within what could develop and you build off of that offensively. Dorch played five games last season. He would love to see that increase this year. It's been quite the journey for Dorch. This will be his second year with the Cardinals. It's been, as I said, a journey from high school to college now trying to find his footing and a home here in the National Football League. Dorch talks about how where he's come and where he hopes to be. If you went to a job and I'm saying you got fired and they kept telling you you weren't good enough, like you're going to have some things come into your head. But I think that's when you have a, a strong support system, like my, my family, my parents. I got coaches that have stayed in touch. And then on top of that, like, I just work my tail off. So, like, getting cut, you telling me I'm not good enough, I'm just going to go back to work and just show you. The next time that you see me, I'm just going to show you that you made a mistake. It's been cut five times in his brief career and yeah he mentioned that every single time he took it personal but it didn't it didn't slow him down and now here he is we're talking about him amongst the top wide receivers as far as that top wide receiver group is concerned yeah i mean it just shows the perseverance that he's had to be cut five times and continue to come back the wherewithal i mean it's a great story to this point and now he is making the most of those opportunities so hopefully you know it culminates with him getting a roster spot i mean he's definitely deserved of it at this point in time but there's still a lot of time left to go so you know guys like this you cheer for you love to see it and again as he said, he's put in the work. And now you hear his head coach talk about mentally he's getting up to speed of what's going on. Because it's one thing if they hold up a car on scout team. Okay, you run this route. You're, you know, <laughs> It's not too difficult. When you've got to be able to read, react, and go on the fly and then play full speed, it's a whole different ballgame. And he sounds like he's putting that all together, which is really exciting and is going to be a huge attribute for this team moving forward. 
Expect to see Dorch on the field on Sunday. Do not expect to see a lot of the starters again on the field. In fact, Kyler Murray earlier on Tuesday telling the media post-practice, quote, I'm not playing when asked about snaps against the Ravens coming up on Sunday. So maybe we'll see K1 with the headset again in the fourth quarter, Drew. Yeah, hopefully he runs the ball this time. A couple of three and outs, kneel downs. Had to be told by the head coach to make sure you knelt down to end the game. Oh, really? I don't know that. Yes. Cliff brought that up. That, that, that was something that he wanted to make sure happened to preserve that 36-23 win. All right, as promised, coming up next, Steve Hyde, the tight ends coach for your Arizona Cardinals. He'll join us on the other side here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. down on the 47. Drops back to throw. Lobs it far side. Earth with the catch at the 30. Loose at the 20. Far side 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Zach Ertz 47 yards. Becomes the first player ever to have touchdown catches in consecutive games for two different teams. The newest member of the Cardinals may have just put this one out of reach. 23 to 5. Boy, that is a big-time explosive play by the newest member of the Arizona Cardinals. The hope is we hear more of that this season. Got a little taste of Zach Ertz in a Cardinals uniform a year ago. Much more is expected, though, this season as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu, Andrew Stanton, and joined by the man who coaches Zach Ertz, among the other tight ends as well. Longtime Cardinals assistant Steve Hyden. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me up here. 2013. Actually, Drew, your first year with the Arizona Cardinals. I was going to say, longtime assistant makes you feel very dated because it makes me feel old when you say that. So, Well, you guys are back together again, and you're now on the other side of things. You're still doing your thing, Steve. You've lasted through this is your third head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. You're just so good at your job they just can't get rid of you <laughs> it's been an interesting run i guess i have the right people in my corner um just kind of do my thing every day and, and go to work so it's it's paid off for me you have talking with people the talent in the tight end room this season i don't think it's going out on a limb saying it's the best <clears throat> tight end room maybe in arizona cardinals history what kind of talent do you have in that room right now and the expectations going into this season with that position? Well, I think first and foremost, the expectations are really high. And it's it's uh, the most talent I've had by, by a long shot. So you start with Zach, and we all know what he is. Um, smart player, does it all, makes plays. He just makes everyone around him better. Um, it just makes our whole offense, the whole team uh, <clears throat> A better unit and then uh, you know Max is coming back from injury he was playing at a really high level before he got hurt last year so it's good to see him back out there and he's kind of fitting back into some of the things he did last year so that is that is great to see and then I got some um, kind of journeyman type guys Steven Anderson Dion Yelder uh, you know psycho that we've had last year is kind of growing some guys there that, that we really like and we've been surprised by what they can do at practice so that's kind of neat and then we got the young guys uh, with Trey McBride, of course, the second rounder, and, and uh, we just got him back here for the first time in, in a little bit. 
but uh, we're excited about having him and, and uh, Chris Pierce, a free agent guy that's that's done some things in practice also. That's a really deep group um, that I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing that I think gets so much play right now is the wide receiver room. You see the guys and the blockbuster signings they've made the past couple of years and, and bringing in this top echelon talent. But at the same time, it seems like this offense is at its best when they are utilizing multiple tight ends. Is that something that we could look forward to this season? Well, I think so. I mean, I, I'll give all the credit in the world to uh, Cliff. I mean, he's he's done one heck of a job just to kind of implementing the position group into his offense and he hadn't done it before at Texas Tech at least not to this level to play all the two tight ends we've we've kind of played we mix in some pro style type stuff in the running game and the passing game along with his air raid uh, it's been neat to see it kind of grow and develop and and uh, I've uh, I've been impressed with the things he's done with the guys you brought up Max Williams and how well this offense was clicking those first four and a half games before his injury and now I was a little surprised to be honest when you seeing how much he's able to do here in training camp out here at State Farm Stadium how ready or how far along is he as far as potentially being ready maybe earlier than expected this season yeah I mean he's he's we had a full padded practice today and he was taking full padded live reps so I mean that says it all you, you you talk about four or five months ago, you watch him walk around, you think there is no way. I mean, we had several conversations, me and Max, about his play expectations for for this year. And I think he's surpassed all those just by how hard the kid works every day. And he loves the game. Um, he's going to give you everything he's got. And, and uh, we've all been pleased by his progress. So week one would not be a surprise to you? No, not at all. That's, that's encouraging, Drew. That was gonna, that's very encouraging. And, and as you said, he was playing at such a high level. I think one thing that's always interesting uh, from an outsider's perspective, right, is you have the wide receiver coach, you have the quarterback coach, you have the running back coach. And, and sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately, the tight end coach kind of gets lost in translation. Uh, that's not the case here for somebody like yourself that has the um, – the resume that he does as a player, but also uh, as a coach, where do you kind of fit into the mix as far as your involvement with this offense? How much say do you have? What are you doing with these guys? Because I've been on teams where the tight ends, you know, kind of go with the offensive line coach for the run game. And I've been, you know, the past games, more of the wide receiver where obviously you're well-rounded in all of this. Where do you kind of fit in and where do your guys fit into that? Because that's something I was very curious about. Yeah. So as far as meetings and stand in that nature, uh, Cliff just kind of lets me, have them as far as the running game and the passing game um i guess he trusts me with it and uh <clears throat> we go from there so i i kind of install it myself um obviously have close ties with coogs and and the passing game guys cam turner spence whipple sean jefferson just to make sure it's the way they want it to look um as we proceed but it's it's uh kind of a free-for-all on my end <laughs> which is which is kind of it's kind of neat it's kind of neat to to just go out and coach and, and, and feel good about it. That is a rarity, right? I'm, I'm not painting a, a, a bad picture of what it is like in the NFL. I, I have not been around many coaches where the tight end coach has complete control of the room on a daily basis. No, I think that's that's true. A lot of times you're you're in the run game meeting and, and you have coaches telling you exactly what you want to do of your group. And yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You get in this position, you got to be molded into what a certain offense wants you to be right so but we kind of have a little more free free range here which is nice 
the role of the tight end, though, has grown over the last several years. And I made a joke with you in the offseason. At one point on this roster, there were more tight ends than wide receivers. That's At scary. a certain point scary. of the offseason, you go out and add Trey McBride, second-round pick, to go along with the Zach Ertz and a Max Williams and a Steven Anderson. What have you seen out of McBride? I know he was dealing with a back issue, seen him out at practice the past couple of days, but where is he in his development and potentially picking up things as quickly as you hope? Yeah, no, he's he's been been all I expected of him. He's a smart kid and he loves he loves to play the game. I mean those two things, you give me those two things, we have something. Um yeah, I don't know that he's a he's a the kid can run, he ran a four or five, right? He's tough. He can play in line and block. He showed me all those things. We just got to get him on the field some more, get him healthy, and, and get him rolling. But I've been impressed. Could we see him this week? I don't know. Okay. He's kind of up in the air. We saw him at practice today, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. Day to day. Just kind of like day. us, Drew. <laughs> day to <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Steve Hyden joining us here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The other veteran in that room that I don't know if it's gotten lost in the shuffle, but seemingly has always made a play and actually got a lot of reps with Ertz and Max kind of getting eased into training camp. And Steven Anderson, I know he's on the sideline right now, but that's an intriguing player within that position because, as he talked about, he can play out of the backfield. He can block, catch the ball as well. He's almost three different positions in one yeah he's he's done one heck of a job he's been one of those guys i've been really impressed with you know when you watch him on his on tape last year and in, in, uh with the chargers you, you saw more of a fullback style type of guy um, we get him out in practice and he's done some impressive things in the passing game um he's he's opened some eyes with that so it's it's uh been great to see kind of a the jackknife type kid that can do a lot of different things for you someone goes down he can fill the role and and, and uh you know you, you won't have a problem with him in there well piggybacking off of that uh, we saw it a little bit in the preseason game but more under center stuff with a guy like that does that give you more freedom is that something that we could see with this offense more as we progress because i know wolf is dying to see it <laughs> wolf keeps talking about being under center but as a quarterback too i liked being under center it provided more balance um within that but if you have a, a slash type of guy a fullback h back if you will you know is that one of the things uh, as he remains on this roster that we could see moving forward with this the offense yeah, but Wolf wants to see a fullback with a neck roll, too. And I don't know if we're going to see all that. No, um, the under center stuff is showing up a lot more. I think it gives us some, you know, it's a different element to what we can do. Um, so there is some of that. Um, Steven gives us some ability to do some fullback stuff, some insert stuff. So does Trey. He did some of that in college and was, was really good at it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's some elements of that going to be mixed into the game this year. Wolf also wants 12, 13 personnel just oh, under center. Yeah, I mean, he, just, he wants old school football. He wants yeah. the wedge back on special teams, I'm sure, all that stuff. Bring so. out the hip pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach Ertz last season when he first got here mentioned on how much space he had with which to work. Now, opposite-wise, as far as the amount of space that a wide receiver can have and maybe less attention on a DeAndre Hopkins or a Hollywood Brown, when you have a Zach Ertz or a Max Williams, uh, the, 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 the wide receiver tied in tandem, you don't see a lot in the National Football League as far as where you have elite at both positions. What, what, is that, what does this, that do to open up everything as far as the offensive playbook is concerned? Well, first of all, I think it frees up Zach. You know, when Zach was in Philly, he was in a, a – 
pretty much a tight end dominated offense. They didn't have the, the outside weapons there that we have here. Um, so when you watch how defensives play us, I mean, they can't always put the nickel on Zach. They can't always put their best corner on Zach. They can't do it. We have too many weapons for it. That's been the first thing that, that, that Zach noticed and we noticed. You know, he's running, running routes against linebackers and safeties, which is to our favor. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's neat to see. It's only going to help him as we go. So, as it was documented, your long tenure here back in 2013. <laughs> what? Uh, no, no, I'm not going back to the, what Drew Stanton stories. No, I, I am curious now that you have been in it for this long. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as you've transitioned from a player who had a long career and and all of that onto being a coach and the transition of that? Because some people think it's so easy. Oh, well, I, I did this this my whole life. Not a lot of guys stick with it. Um, no offense to AQ Shipley, who only lasted one year. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> you know, couldn't hack it. But, but, but honestly, right, as you transition onto that, where, where can you look back now and say, wow, this is something I wish I would have known as I got into it earlier? Uh, well, I think, first of all, just being able to stay with it. I think I've been with a bunch of great um, guys as far as the coaches I've coached with. So it made it easy for me to, to stick with it and develop and, and, and grow. Um, you know, from a learning standpoint, I think that the thing that I would want to prepare myself a little bit better is just the hours that you spend in the office and grinding on tape and all that. Um, and you got to love the game to do that. And as a player, you don't realize how much goes into a game plan and, and what is actually studied. Um, that That's probably the biggest thing. But football is football, and, and teaching it is is kind of just what it is. I mean, that's that's easy for anybody. I mean, you could go out there and coach quarterback right now. It's just the, the daily grind of, of doing that. And then, of course, the media responsibilities as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the grind for me. But are there aspirations <laughs> to be a play caller there? For me? Yeah. You know what the way I look at it is I just work my tail off every day and try to develop myself as a coach and see where it takes me. Really good media coach up right there. I mean, that, that is, a, that is a, a great answer that's been around media for decades. The longest tenured coach with the Arizona Cardinals, DJ Humphreys, the longest tenured player, but you actually have hump beat. 2013, Steve Hyden's first year with the Arizona Cardinals, assistant special teams and tight ends coach. Spent some time with the offensive line and now with the tight ends once again. Steve, appreciate it, and uh, best of luck all season. Thank you, guys. It was painless. Appreciate you. Cardinals Red Sea Reports presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat continues here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals first and goal from the one. Arantano under center. And here's Ingram to give. Farrell straight ahead. Powers his way to the end zone. And touchdown Cardinals. That power run game near the goal line accounts for yet another touchdown in this game. Jonathan Ward a pair, now Keontae Ingram. We think we have a really talented group, there's no doubt. I mean, there's six guys in there right now, and we feel like all of them can play at this level. And we're going to see how it shakes out over the next couple of weeks, and, and hopefully um, you know, we can do what's best for the organization. But the, there's been some impressive performances by those guys in camp so far. We just talked about the tight end room and the depth and talents with tight ends head coach or tight ends coach Steve Hyden. Close second or maybe even the most talented position group on this Arizona Cardinals team here in training camp. The running back room, as head coach Cliff Kingsbury just mentioned, you've got six right now. And 
Obviously, James Conner is the head of that snake, if you will, but then how many do you keep? you keep four? Do you keep five? That seems a little much to me, but uh, hey, it is a thing that needs to be a decision that needs to be made sooner rather than later. There was still some time, but uh, yeah, that that running back room drew it. Considering what we saw on Friday with Ingram, a one-yard touchdown run, Jonathan Ward, two one-yard touchdown runs. Don't forget about Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams. Can't keep them all. Just who is the odd man out? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the question. I think you look at the, the collective hole, and, and it has the star power at the top, like you're talking about, much like the defensive line room, right? You like They have those guys, and then where does everybody make a splash? Where does somebody show up like a Victor Demokeji on the offensive side of the ball? I've always liked the way that Jonathan Ward has run the ball. He, he contributes on special teams. He does all those things, and that's really where you're going to see those guys show up. Now, granted, if something happens and you never want to turn a position of strength into a weakness by cutting a guy or getting rid of a guy, it's a long season. That's a, that's a tough room when those guys take a beating. And when you find a running back that understands protection, that does all those things, it's a complete back. Jonathan Ward was even saying now in his third year, he's way more comfortable in protection. You've got to protect your franchise quarterback, and you can't have guys running through the A-gap. You can't miss blitzes or safeties or anything like that. So you have to feel very comfortable. And, yes, those top guys – I, I was very impressed again with Jonathan Ward. I think Keontae Ingram's the guy that he's a draft pick. There's draft capital on him. Personally, I would not be surprised to see Eno Benjamin on the outside looking in. But that's just my my spoiler alert. I don't know if I have it because I don't know what he does on teams that really makes a difference for you. Maybe he gets traded. Again, I have no wait and say to that. Besides the standpoint of I just see the other guys, the younger guys that that I like their skill set more for this offense. When you look at Eno Benjamin and his role, a lot of people go back to Chase Edmonds and his ability run and catch the ball out of the backfield, and people see Eno Benjamin as the replacement for a Chase Edmonds when you want that one-two punch because we don't see running backs with 30-plus carries anymore. James Conner, you don't want to run him into the ground. So who becomes that other guy that maybe is a change of pace back? Well, that, that's where I think Jonathan Ward fits in, even looking at the preseason game, right? You get them both on the field together. The person catching the ball on the screen was Jonathan Ward. Multiple times of getting the ball in his hands in space. I mean, I was very impressed by seeing him catch the ball out of the backfield. I, again, I have no rhyme or reason for that understanding. I just watch it and see that. And again, if they keep Eno Benjamin, I think that's a great choice too. You know, a local guy that played at ASU, he's got a tremendous skill set. Again, we're just looking for who's going to take that opportunity and seize it because Chase Edmonds' catches and carries are not here anymore. Uh, I was a proponent of it last year and loved seeing it in the preseason game of getting two running backs on the field, much like in the tight end segment of where do guys mix and match and personnel, where can you gain an advantage against the defense and and what are they going to do personnel-wise when you have two running backs out on the field? Say if you have two running backs, how do they match up and marry up to that? Can you gain an advantage? So uh, to me, it's an intriguing, again, position group because of what guys bring to the table, and we know who the the top two are going to be, the trickle-down effect of that and what that looks like at a very, very important position. They, they need to be able to run the ball. They have to establish run. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays itself out. Well, the first impression in that running back's room for the rookie, Keontae Ingram, on Friday. Seven carries, 27 yards, and that touchdown. Afterwards, he was speaking with the media on Monday on what he hopes he's able to bring and show this preseason. That I can be a three-down back, you know, uh, that guy, 
you know, that vocal point, you know, that engine of the offense, especially in the run game. You know, that's what I want to show this past week and, you know, the, the couple of next weeks. And the next opportunity for him will come Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. Another opportunity for Jonathan Ward as well. He's always been known as that special teams guy, someone that Jeff Rogers really trusts. And when you're active on game day, then all of a sudden there's an opportunity. Jonathan Ward would love to be more in that offensive mindset as far as, hey, call my number. And we did see it on Friday. You mentioned that tight end or the uh, running back screen and it looked very good he's also able to run between the tackles yeah exactly i mean he, he converted two short yardage goal line touchdowns uh i mean both these guys uh, i think uh with what they were able to do in the past game lends you to believe that they're capable of doing it again when the lights come on are they are they going to do it so uh we don't know how it will play itself out but i think it's a very good problem to have and maybe you try and sneak a guy through to the practice squad i guess Keontae Ingram's the only one really left, and if he becomes exposed to waivers, he's not coming back. So we uh, we we shall see um, what's going to happen. But uh, again, it's always also going to be dictated by okay, you know you're going to be down one wide receiver going into the season. You want to make a concerted effort to establish the run game when this offense is at its best. When any offense is at its best, they have established the run game, and sometimes you feed the hot hand. And whether or not you can get more people on the field, do all of these things, but the the intriguing prospect to me. Uh, without a doubt, is uh, Jonathan Ward. Six carries for 15 yards plus those two touchdowns, two catches for 26 yards. You do that in a preseason game, yeah, you're going to get to talk to Paul Calvisi and Drew Stanton on postgame. And the question was asked, where Ward has improved the most from last year to this year? Just separating myself mentally, just becoming more of a student of the game. You know, seeing the blitzes and the pickups up slower, see, see how they develop before it's snap of the play. Just reading the coverages, uh, you know, just reading the rotations of the safeties. And just being able to be comfortable with my O-line and my quarterback, just knowing that they have trust in me just as much as I have trust in them. These are good problems to have when you have this kind of depth because you don't want to get to the end of camp, into preseason, and say, all right, well, now we have to look for someone. This Cardinals team has what they need at that running back position. Knock on wood as long as everyone stays healthy. And you're going to need three, four during the course of the season because it, that's a position that takes a pounding. Oh, yeah. There's, there will be attrition there. And, you know, we saw it last year with Chase Edmonds being out for a little bit. You don't want the offensive structure to have to change wholeheartedly, especially at that position, if something happens. And you want to be able to survive that. You want to be able to spell guys and be smart because it is a long season. And so by doing that and keeping this the, the nucleus together of the guys that you feel good about and, and there's got to be the right mixture of older veterans that can kind of pour into these young guys because again running back is a difficult position you've got to be, be able to see all of it it's not a matter of just turn the turn around and hand the ball off to the guy and hope for the best he's got to be able to protect the quarterback he's got to be able to split out in this offense there's so many advantages that you can gain and as we've documented before not only the wide receiver group but the tight end group are pr- very dynamic and you add running backs that can catch the ball not only out of the backfield but when they're split out that's a huge added dimension for Kyler to be able to really tap into so uh, it lends you to believe that they're trying to steer more in that direction of a complete back that Keontae was kind of talking about. I know it was just preseason but seeing three one yard touchdown runs four of four goal to go situations running the ball not being too fancy when you're down inside the 10 inside the five yard line how much of that was just being vanilla in the preseason or perhaps part of that evolution of kingsbury within the offense i would like to think it's the evolution right Me too you see under center you see 
two tight ends. It's simple. It's big boy football. Put your pads on, and that's what I was talking about on the broadcast. You get the luxury of doing that live in a preseason setting. Those rap, those reps are so invaluable from the standpoint of you can't recreate this out here. You you just don't want to put guys in harm's way. It's really difficult, not only in short yardage, but then also in goal line. Low man wins, and they were pushing the line of scrimmage. They were moving it. I mean, I, I believe on all of those touchdowns, the running backs finished standing up in five yards in the end zone. I mean, there's something to be said for that. They brought the running backs down in motion. It was the same play over and over again. Their will was just greater than the defense, which is what you want to see because, you know, the the air raid offense that everybody thinks this is, this is morphing into something more, and these guys are going to get in there. They're going to be grimy. You've got to be able to do that on the offensive side of the ball, and there's a downhill mentality, and I don't care if it's preseason or whenever it is. When you're converting at that high of a rate and you are doing all of these things, it's a mentality at that point. It's not just a, oh, show up and hope to get it and, and we want to keep the sticks moving. They're lining it up knowing that they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And a credit to the offensive line as well, especially the interior guys. Sean Harlow at center, Isadora and Will Hernandez left and right guard respectively because it was quickest way to go from point A to point B is a straight line, and that's what Ward and Ingram were doing. Straight exactly. line. No doubt. And that's, that's what you look for in a guy like Will Hernandez. He's coming off the ball, and he's angry, and he's looking to hit somebody. He pulled very nicely. He has good feet as far as being able to get to the other side of the line. Yes, he does. It's a very, very impressive. The enforcer, as Justin Pugh likes to call him. You want to see Will Hernandez in those running backs this season? Arizona Cardinals single-game tickets are available now. Visit azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. Spent a lot of time talking about the offense. Well, how about we give the defense some love on what they were able to do on Friday in Cincinnati. As the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki, your tickets to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Allen looking for room, and he doesn't get it as he is sacked from behind. Victor Demukeji crashes the pocket and registers the sack. Trips to his right, looking right. Now coming across the middle, he's hit from the backside and strip sack. Ball down on the turf. It's recovered by the Bengals, but a huge rush and sack by Victor Demukeji. He certainly filled up the stat sheet on Friday. Three tackles, two sacks, two quarterback hits, one tackle for lost, one forced fumble. The second-year player out of Duke, Victor DiMukeji, a couple of sacks on Friday, the preseason opener against the Bengals. Cardinals won the game 36-23 to as we continue talking about that here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your tickets to great seats. For me, Drew, that was... The one player that flashed the most at a position that perhaps you need someone to flash or at least raise their hand and say, hey, I'm capable, not that you're looking for Chandler Jones part two, but there is a void as far as someone, some people to get to the quarterback. Yeah, well, you look at at what that means. uh, That's what you have to figure out how it's going to play itself out. And you know J.J. Watt's going to be in there. You know you know, you have all these pieces. Who can get after the quarterback? Who can make the quarterback uncomfortable? And we saw that a lot of guys doing it. It just so happened, you know, that Victor Dimokeji was the one reaping the benefits of it because they held the line of scrimmage and were pushing them back consistently. But 
his quickness flashed, his strength flashed, uh, as he talked about in the post game. He has been doing a lot to work on his game, and it's showing up, which I thought was great. I mean, guys like that you root for. Um, a draft pick last year, a smart guy from Duke that understands all these things, has worked at his craft. And it's interesting because uh, the, all the guys that we've talked to and understand that the mental part of this game is equally as important as the physical game. And I don't think we give the defensive line enough credit for thinking about the moves, setting up moves, understanding all that. the great pass rushers that I've been around, you know, Dwight Freeney and Chandler Jones and all of these guys, they had a whole plan of how they were trying to get after the quarterback and do different moves and rushes. And there's a strategy to that. And some of these young guys still have to figure out what that looks like. You know, we were talking about my Jay Sanders, you know, and what he brings to the table, uh, all of these things. Uh, they're young guys that are evolving and understanding and getting these reps uh, is just imperative for them to be able to do it against different guys in a live setting. It's a different mindset when you know you can't go back and hit the quarterback. You can't do any of those things, I'm sure. Uh, I know it was for me when I knew I wasn't getting hit, so I, I like that a lot better. But Christian Matthew is another guy that I was super impressed with. Watching him play in real time, the patience that he played with, the length that he played with, that's another area that everybody's kind of sitting there saying, how is this going to play itself out? And I was very impressed. Again, it, it didn't fill up the stat sheet or anything like that, but just the patience that he played with, you know, the route matching that he was doing, he was around the football, he was in the right position. Those are all things that matter a lot for a young guy trying to make an impression on a coaching staff when they go back and watch the film the next day. Manny Jones, Jonathan Ledbetter, a couple of defensive linemen that hope to be a part of that rotation, making plays, TFLs. Rashard Lawrence had a TFL, but at least in the backfield. I mean, Ledbetter, seemingly every single play was around that ball carrier, whether it was the quarterback or the running back. Yeah, well, I think they did a nice job at the point of attack, too, right? They, they shut it down and make the running back stop his feet and then it became a swarm on defense uh, it was a tremendous group effort and that's what you expect in the preseason right you you want to be able to see guys there's not going to be a huge standout like you said unless you're getting sacks but guys like Zaven Collins and that were so curious to see they're not going to be out there long enough unless they do something extraordinary on one play that might be an outlier but for the most part these younger guys the Manny Joneses of the world left a lasting impression because of what he was doing and, and as opposed to just being known for Kyler Murray's you know doppelganger he is now able to go out here and put his own tape out there and make a name for himself, which is huge. Uh, these guys, again, it's not about filling stats. It's about eating up space, making sure that you're really controlling the line of scrimmage because we have some extremely athletic linebackers that need to be running freely. That year one to year two jump, we always talk about it with players. And let's go back to Demukeji. You and Paul had a chance to talk with him post game on where he believes he's improved the most going into this second season. The biggest thing was, you know, working on my mental game, you know, getting the plays down, which has helped me play faster. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've improved on. You know, everything is second nature to me now, and I'm playing way faster. He also discussed his explosion, that first step when he addressed the media on Monday. So everything that you put in at the work in the offseason now paying off on the field and in a preseason game to where you might see more of Demukeji once the regular season begins. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on his young outside linebacker. The entire camp, he's definitely been a different player. Physicality, the quick twitch off the ball continues to, to be disruptive, and uh, it was good to see him get those results. Now we need to see those players that have flashed offense, defense, special teams do it again. It's one thing to do it for one game. Now if your number is called upon, which I'm anticipating, head coach said, very similar as far as reps for this game against the Baltimore Ravens compared to the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're going to see a lot of these same players 
Now, can you do it again for a second straight week? Yeah, and what does that look like, the structure of the defense? Very simple game plan as the first one just got underway. And you want to see guys go out and win their one-on-one matchups. I think Vance did a tremendous job of setting those guys up on the defensive front, letting them go play and trying to see what they can do. Because that's about what you need to see in this league from a, a pass rush standpoint. Can you win your one-on-one matchup? Can you stop the run? Can you be able to play a collective team defense? Because when they were rolling last year on defense, there was five, six guys around the football constantly. And, you know, it became almost happenstance that we would see no yards after contact. The safeties were so good in that regard. Who can step up and fill those voids that we're trying to, like, plug into different positions? And we're, we're fortunate because there's a lot of guys defensively that were curious to see, can they do it again? Because that's what this league's about. It's not about making a splash play here or there. Can you do it consistently from week one to week two and then again when your number's called week three whatever that looks like we don't know yet but being able to continually doing it against different talent in a different setting with different defensive structure different offensive scheme that you're going against because you have to be able to adapt adjust and still go out there and put your best foot forward i don't know what the ravens plan is as far as starters or who but we do know that they take the preseason maybe more serious than any other team in the league 21 straight preseason wins for the baltimore ravens it'd be fun to break that record for sure (laughs) it was discussed couple of different times on monday everyone's saying oh no it's about the evaluation but 21 straight preseason wins that's unheard of it is a record but that's just unheard of unheard of yeah well you know they got to hang their hat on that it'd be nice to uh to knock that hat off their head five o'clock is the kickoff on sunday 1 30 pregame here on the arizona cardinals radio network then we will discuss that game in one week's time right here on the cardinals red sea report Special thanks to those behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Zach Larson. For Drew Stanton, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.